Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are listening to a Hive Talk Live stinger. Buzz Buzz. Welcome in, Hornets fans. You are listening to Hive Talk Live here on atthehive.com. This is a Hive Talk Live stinger on the Charlotte all-time team that At The Hive is putting together. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my co-host David Walker. Uh, here in the Gittimer.com studios in BEA beautiful uptown Charlotte. David, how are you? I'm great, Doug. This is an exciting one. Uh, this is an exciting entry. The power forward slot may be home to the most popular Hornet, certainly the most well-known Hornet uh, of all time. And uh, so this is going to be a good one, I think. I'll agree with that. Uh, I'll definitely agree with that. And there's a there's a ton of talent here. Yeah, yeah. That that's the other thing. I mean, when you start working your way down into the post players, the low post especially, I think that's where the meat of the, you know, the Charlotte Hornets all-time team uh is, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. M- much more in the in the front court than the back Certainly. court. So we're we're definitely getting into some some really, you know, truly great talent here. Uh with that, let's talk about our picks. We we had the same guys, David, uh, for our first team and second team selections. We just reversed them. I went with Anthony Mason in my first team, and LJ Larry Johnson, Grandma Ma in my second team. Uh, you reversed those. Went with Larry Johnson in the first team and Anthony Mason in the second team. And we should note here that th- these are personal lists. And and we said in one of the previous episodes, I think with my heart, and you think with your head. Well, yeah. Um, you So you were so close on this one, Doug. I, I would like to give you some kudos for that. But yeah, I mean, heart comes into it, you know, especially when you're talking about the difference between a couple players and when it's close and when encore performance is pretty close. So I don't want to say, you know, like a fan favorite or some of my favorite players didn't work their way into this. But I, yeah, you're right. I tried to pick, feel the best team as as we'll see. And as you can see on, on uh, online, some of these teams are, are not constructed that way no there's the squad of odd there on at the high which is fine which is fun and again fine. Yeah, yeah i mean this is a very fun activity it's not we're not trying to definitively decide uh what the the, the greatest hornets team and, and how that would be constructed right to me, that would be a little bit more of a boring exercise this is fun this well, is something we can mess around the with. chances are slim i don't want to say it's never going to happen but should these players ever travel back in time or at the same time and we can face off. My teams will definitely win. That's what I'm saying. But well, NBA but 2K16 is sure, just around the corner, sure, so sure. we could make this happen. All right, let's talk about Larry Johnson uh, and your decision uh, to put him in your top slot. I mean, he was the first true superstar that the Charlotte basketball franchise ever had. Exactly. The first true superstar, the first guy that was known throughout the league, uh, you know, throughout the country, uh, the Charlotte Hornets, when they came to Charlotte, put the, the city of Charlotte on the map, but it was Larry Johnson who really, you know, put them in the in the stratosphere or put them among the stars, stars of NBA players. I mean, you know, the NBA is an individual individually marketed sport and league and certainly was at that time. And, and this was the first guy on on the franchise and in the city that had national commercials was was in you know primetime sitcoms on family matters 
uh, playing Grandmama. Uh, I don't know if he played himself, but I mean, that was a big deal. You know, had his own signature shoe, had, had, a, had a great marketing campaign, but above all, backed it up on the court. I mean, those first two seasons, his rookie year, 19 points, 11 rebounds. His second year, 92, 93, 22 points, 10 and a half rebounds, first all-star selection. And he just delivered on the court. He was in the dunk contest. He was he was the guy for, for that franchise and and probably remains the most well-known Charlotte Hornet. When, when you're looking at it from, from a league-wide perspective, there's still number two grandmama jerseys that are being sold down at the arena as we speak. So, I mean, that says a lot. Absolutely. You see that jersey everywhere. And, and when the campaign to bring the team, uh, the, the team name back, the Hornets name back, uh, I feel like that Johnson jersey. And again, I mean, there's Alonzo Mourning. There are a lot of guys mm-hmm. that, that could have been representative of that era in Hornets history. But it's always Larry Johnson, despite the fact that he works for the Knicks. Yeah, he really doesn't. I don't want to say that he doesn't want to be embraced by the franchise or that the franchise hasn't embraced him. There's been some friction. But there's certainly a disconnect there, right? But uh, there were some some golden times there. You mentioned Grandma Ma. I have a little audio here of one of those commercials, uh, the Converse commercial. He really saved Converse, by the way. I mean, Converse was about to completely lose the shoe game to, to Nike, and, and he really saved Converse. Let's take a listen. These are my new shoes from Converse. They're so light and so fast, my grandmama can whoop you in them. Grandma Okay, Granny. One on one, me and you. That was a lucky shot, Grandma. So there, you got you got Grandma Ma. I mean, it was again, it was it was just a fun commercial. You can you can hear the charisma of that guy. You know, he had the smile. He had the the, the, the look, gold tooth. The smile. gold tooth. You, but you can hear. It. I mean, that's a young guy. That's that's a that's a rookie, second year player in that commercial there. And you can look that up online rookie i mean young player i'm not sure exactly when that came out but look that up online i mean he, he's got it he's got the charisma that you'd want in, in a franchise player and it's interesting that again he would go along with wearing a dress uh i mean this is a masculine he had fun sport with it. and and he you know yeah he, he had fun with it but i found uh, this interesting little tidbit this is from uh four courses with jb smooth on the msg network he had Larry Johnson as a guest, and Larry Johnson talked about uh, th- that commercial and about its origins. Very interesting stuff. Let's take a listen to that. And the only reason I signed with Converse because they had this great idea for, for a commercial. Not Grandmama. Okay. They were going to lay me down on a gurney, cover me up, and have two guys, like, operating on me. And they, then at the end, they go, ah, the perfect basketball player. Two guys operating on me was Magic and Larry Bird. Both of them was Converse mm. guys at right. the time. Right, that's right. And yeah, and, and Magic goes, we got to name him. And Larry goes, well, his name got to be Larry. And Magic go, no, Johnson. They go, Larry, Johnson, Larry, oh, Johnson. Wow. Then I raise up. I said, oh, yeah, I'm signing. Give me my money. Right. I signed and gave me a million dollars, bought my mom a house, come to me four <laughs> months later, say, no, nah, we're not going to do that commercial. We're going to do another one. We're going to put you in a dress and a wig. <laughs> I said, I wish I had that money to get y'all back. <laughs> so it's interesting to look back. I've never heard that. Yeah, I, I hadn't either. I, I picked it up on on a kind of a sports business website. And again, that was from Four Courses with J.B. Smoove uh, from the MSG Network. But it's just interesting to hear uh, the evolution of that, that uh, first of all, while I'll say this, while that first commercial idea by Converse was clever with the Larry and the Johnson, I don't think that that would have been iconic. Grandmama is iconic. 
people outside of the Charlotte organization and the and the city of Charlotte know Grandmama. Yeah, that I'm other just, one wasn't gonna be. I'm it just, was gonna be like a haha. Yeah, I'm playing out that that one that he just that he just reeled off with magic, and I mean that's pretty awesome though. That's it pretty cool. cool. Like, it would have been. It reminds me of the Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, McDonald's commercial, right? Where right. you pair, you know, superstars in that way, and it definitely, I think it would have, it would have resonated for years to come. But Grandmama's gonna live forever. Well, that's the thing. Grandmama stuck. I mean, yeah. we're stuck. That nickname stuck. That would have had some smart dudes. That wouldn't have, yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't have come around had they had they stuck with their first inclination. But that's that's fascinating. But the way it worked out, you know, nobody can argue with that. And like we said, his on court performance was behind all that. I mean, he he was right at twenty and ten for the entire five seasons, averaging uh, you know over that five seasons in Charlotte. Spent the next five with the Knicks, as you said, certainly. A little bit of a downslide there because of you know just getting older with the back injuries and, and some issues with I that. I think in one of the previous stingers that we did, I, I sort of said that Larry Johnson went on to be more successful with the Knicks, and I was wrong. He definitely had statistically his most successful years in Charlotte, right? But he, I think he had the most success professionally with the Knicks. Uh, Certainly, his they, most they famous on, shot probably right, is they, with the and, Knicks and playoff success. Yeah, more with the Knicks. So, just want to correct myself there. Um, but uh, two more interesting things from that uh, whole Grandmama situation. Uh, one that Nike actually told Larry Johnson that they didn't think he was going to be an NBA star, and they didn't want him, and that's why he went to Converse. Hmm. Uh, and the second thing I thought was interesting from that commercial is that uh, these Converse shoes were, and you're a sneakerhead, and that's the only reason I bring this up, but these Converse shoes were advertising themselves as being, uh, they were called React. React and juice. React juice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this kind of uh, uh, shooto science. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, all that stuff was coming directly at Nike Air <laughs> at the time. But, yeah, it was this goo that was basically inside, you know, all these Converse sneakers. Like Kevin Johnson wore them as well. He was and, in one of the commercials. And other guys in the league wore them. But yeah, it was basically like you cut this way and the React Juice counteracts how you totally cut. Totally bogus, right? And I mean, it can't be actual. I mean, yeah, it was just goo. Science. It was goo that was in there. <laughs> it's like Nickelodeon. <laughs> but uh, but hey, you know what? Those shoes look sold some crazy shoes. funky and they definitely sold some. Yeah, That's I mean, right. they, they just put them out again a couple years ago as well. What? So yeah, they did a retro on those. And, and again, it saved Converse. We probably wouldn't see the new Converse sneakers out that they just released had that not happened. So it's interesting. Well, yeah. Of course, Nike owns Converse now, so maybe they didn't save it. <laughs> saved it at the time. It, Nike would I not have bought saying, yeah. Converse. They needed Listen, a guy. They don't needed, start with me. They needed a guy. They were obviously phasing out. Well, not phasing out, but Magic and Larry were, were uh, you know, not as much in the spotlight there. So, yeah, they needed that guy, and they found him in Larry Johnson. So good on them. Let's talk about my selection, my mm -hmm. first team selection. Anthony Mason spent three seasons with – the horn or played three seasons, I should say. He was out uh, the entirety of his uh, third uh, year campaign for the Hornets. But while he was there, he scored thirteen point four points a game, ten rebounds a game, and four plus uh, four plus assists per game. So again, we picked two guys here, two power forwards who knew how to pass the ball. You're sensing a theme here, right? He he, I don't think this is. People say arguably. I don't think this is arguable. I think he played his best basketball while he was in Charlotte. 
he was the first, uh, if not the first, the first really uh, noticeable point forward. Oh yeah, yeah, and and much more of a focal point in Charlotte than he was even even for the Knicks, uh, where he had a lot of his success. Uh, before coming to Charlotte and some of those playoff teams and the success that those teams had certainly I probably put him on the map more. And I mean, he's he, he's still going to be remembered as a Nick, I, I would think, um, certainly by Knicks fans. And I mean, oh, well, they will call him one of their one of their own. But well, he here, butted, the thing is, like he butted heads with Pat Riley in New York, and that's what caused his exit. And I think New York guys always love guys who butt heads. <laughs> like yeah, that's like, but that's makes a, you a New Yorker. They love him. I mean, they love Mace and as we do too. I mean, anybody that had Mace on his team was going to love that guy, but you look at what he did here. You're right. Especially in that first season, 16 points, 11 boards, almost six assists from, from a power forward. And he was from New York. So yeah. he was sort of a first, again, a first but, son. But, so, but he was actually running the point position. Yes. At times but, for, well, for and, and, and so I talked to Richard Walker back in March, uh, after Anthony Mason passed away, we did sort of a legacy stinger talking about Anthony Mason's time. And he noted that, that, you know, there, we didn't really have a point guard at the time. It was sort of the post Muggsy era. Um, Muggsy had come upon a couple of injuries and, we were really piecemealing the point guard position together, and Mason said, give me the ball. And he was an odd player in that, and again, I credit Richard Walker for, for this. He talked about how both Anthony Mason and Vladi Divac were two players, two oddities in the NBA. They wanted the ball all the time, but they didn't really want to shoot. Uh, I have a little clip here from that interview, uh, Walker talking about Richard Walker from the Gas Gazette talking about uh, the 98 playoff series against the Atlanta Hawks and Mason's impact on that series. If you remember the 98 playoff series, they played the Hawks who had destroyed them. I believe they're the only team to sweep them that year. I think the Hornets beat every team in the NBA except the Hawks that year. Mace was the four. Alan Henderson was the four man for the Hawks. Vladi Divac was the five and Dikembe Mutombo was the number, was the center for the Hawks. And they flipped the matchups, and they'd Mace guard Matumbo, and Vladdy guarded Alan Anderson, and that totally changed the dynamic of that series. And Cowens and Tylus both decided to go with this, but I think they credit Mace for saying, hey, let's do this. That lineup switch to move Mace to center and Vladdy Divac to the power forward paid huge dividends. So he was a pretty interchangeable power forward and center. And, I'm, and there's not many guys like that in the league that can do that and be incredibly effective on defense. So that was, again, Richard Walker from the Gaston Gazette talking about Larry Johnson's, first of all, his basketball acumen. Mason. Or, excuse me, <clears throat> what did I say? Anthony Mason. You, I think you said Larry Johnson. All I right, think. Anthony Mason. <laughs> uh, his basketball acumen, uh, his ability not only on offense but also on defense to recognize uh, that he could and, – and I think this is why I picked Mason because he could do things – that you wouldn't expect someone in his position with his body type to be able to do, to be able to run, to handle the ball, to pass the ball as well as he did on offense, and then on defense he guarded guys that were bigger, longer than he was. Oh, man, I mean, look back at – if if you never saw Anthony Mason play, especially if you're a Charlotte fan and, and never saw him play in a Hornets oh, uniform, go on YouTube, look up some of his highlights, but look at this game from 2000 – against the Raptors, he guarded Vince Carter when Vince Carter was prime up-and-coming Vince Carter. And he also played point guard, 31 points, 14 rebounds, 11 assists in that game. He did everything. And and to see a guy of his size not only controlling the game, 
running the offense, but then, like I said, guarding a guy like Vince Carter, one of the most athletic guys that the league has ever seen, uh, that's an impressive game to watch and one that you should see if you've never seen anything like that or seen anything from Mason. I mean, and that's that was enough to seal it for me as far as putting him on, on, on my second team at least. Thing on Anthony Mason, the 96-97 season, I think you could argue was one of the greatest season individual seasons for a player in Charlotte Hornets history. He was all NBA third team. He was all defense second team. He had four triple doubles again when power forwards – you didn't expect that out of a power forward. Now it just seems like, you know, in the era of LeBron James and, and Lance Stevenson, for example, that, you know, these bigger guys getting triple doubles uh, is not as shocking anymore. And it was also interesting enough, the last time that Charlotte had an offensive rating above 110. Mm. Haven't been able to do it. The closest was the, the year before the Bobcats made the playoffs under Larry Brown. Uh, they had 104.7. So we even we haven't even cracked 105 since then. Mm-hmm. So it's the last time that the Hornets had a legitimate, scary offense. Because I think 110 and above, that's when you go, whoa. Yeah. These guys can, can score the rock. So you can't really go wrong with either Mason or Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson, again, this is, a lot of this is generational. I didn't grow up with Larry Johnson. I grew up with Anthony Mason. Sure. Uh, let's – oh, also – one more stat. Larry Johnson and Anthony Mason are second and third in value over replacement player. If you're a big VORP nerd like I am, I love VORP. It's sort of the basketball equivalent to war in baseball, wins above replacement. It's basically where you take your average player in that position and you say, how many, how much value do you get over that replacement player? So LJ and Mason, second and third all time in Charlotte basketball history and VORP. So again, it's it's amazing that those two guys had the impact that they did on the on the franchise. Yeah, the power forward position was held down <laughs> for a long time between those two for this franchise. It's crazy. All right, I want to talk about some other names as we wrap this up that we some honorable mentions. Uh, we didn't mention Josh McRoberts, who very short time here, but people love to talk about his time here and what he did to get the Bobcats in their final season to mm-hmm. the playoffs. Uh, P.J. Brown. Yep. Made uh, the NBA all-defensive second team. Was a great defensive power forward. Also could score the ball. Uh, Kenny Gaddison. Uh, Matt Geiger. Gat man. The Catman. Uh, Derek Coleman. Again, statistically, he could make a challenge, but he's remembered more infamously because he just didn't live up. Had some pretty good years, year here in Charlotte, though. At one time on some of those playoff teams, was was pretty valuable. Once, once he was able to – he just never felt comfortable playing center. Right. And, and he and instead of of like rising to the challenge, and and getting in shape, he had some shape issues, just like Al Jefferson. He never could do that. The one year that they did, I believe, is the year they brought in Vladi, and he was able to move over to power forward. He played a lot better. And then finally, I'm going to go like super old old school on you, mm-hmm. Armin Gilliam. Yep. Brought uh, brought him in in eighty nine ninety. Traded Phoenix for him. Traded uh, Kurt Rambis for this guy. And he averaged above 19 points in his 82 game. He doesn't make your 100 game qualifier. Well, that was a loose, loose qualifier. But if your nickname is the Hammer, the Hammer, then Armin Gilliam, um, just an interesting cat, the late Ar- Armin Gilliam, and uh, a super, super honorable mention. He only played one year in Charlotte, but what a year it was! It was the actually it was the final year that the Charlotte Hornets 
were uh, in Charlotte before moving to New Orleans. Do you know who I'm going to say here? He's a big dude, big power forward. Robert Trailer Trailer. Yeah. Yep. Again, one only one year in Charlotte before moving to New Orleans. He's only wow. He was only here for one year. He was only here for mm. one year, but man, he just left that year that he played like uh, he played seventy plus games. I think it was just amazing to watch him work. Big dude, but he had so it just didn't make any sense. He was a big dude, but had these huge ups. Nimble. Nimble. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace so, to those two gentlemen. Right. Absolutely. Um, so. I think this was pretty good. I think it was a pretty good list. That power forward spot. I mean, it's gonna be tough to challenge that from uh you know, from a longevity point of view, like I said, having that position locked down once you go through Armin Gilliam, Larry Johnson, Anthony Mason, then you mix in all these other guys who were uh, that you mentioned they were still with the Hornets at the time. That was a pretty good run. Right. And you look at it now and it's a position that uh, Frank Kaminsky now battling to possibly take over and I only mention that because you have a guy in Frank who again could be marketable. He has that personality, is doing national commercials for JC JC Penny. He's got the uh he's got that viral something, right? He he's got that he he's he looks like he could be a valuable person to some company. He's not going to have that rookie impact that Larry Johnson had. No. You know that immediate on-court impact, but if that impact does come in year two, year three, again, you've got that combination of somebody who has charisma and, and you know, on-court ability could be pretty huge for the for the Charlotte Hornets. Let's do it, Frank. Yeah. Come on, Frank. <laughs> well, that'll do it, David, for our power for – let me record. That'll work. All right. <clears throat> Well, that'll do it, David, for our Power Forward selections. Join us again when we talk about the center position for the Charlotte all-time team here on AtTheHive.com. And tonight, we return, David, finally. We're live on the air on AtTheHive.com. You'll want to listen. Our special guest, Bobby Marks, if you were on Twitter at all during the NBA offseason, you know who I'm talking about extremely smart basketball guy. He had some interesting things to say about the Charlotte Hornets offseason. Some good things. It's rare. <laughs> it was he's the he went out on a limb to say these things. I, I'm pretty sure he's been um he's not allowed to to be part of the media anymore. <laughs> um they've taken away his media card. He lost ten thousand followers. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um but smart he, guy. It's gonna be a good uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good Good one to have on there. So you want to tune in again tonight, 6 o'clock p.m. Join us live uh, here as we return to our regular season schedule every Tuesday at 6 o'clock p.m. You can join us live on atthehive.com. Until then, Hornets fans, let's swarm. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17